It's that game of chicken again, where we just see who speaks first. I guess I lost. Well, it's it's age, age and experience. <laughs> Trump's youth and enthusiasm. That's it. You see, <laughs> you're you're a nice fellow. You can't help but fill a silence. <laughs> it is a it is a character flaw. Uh, yeah, uh, you and Margaret would obviously never stop talking between you, but um, <laughs> yeah, there is no gap. Ever. <laughs> Meg and I would probably sit sit there in silence for about seven hours. <laughs> How are we doing? I'm very, very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I was saying we were chatting pre show, and uh, it's sunny. There is a burning ball of hydrogen uh, gracing us with its presence. And it's extremely pleasant because normally we get a sort of middling grey that kind of just permeates everything. And it's gone away. I can see blue skies. I can see shiny sunshine. And it, dare I say it, it feels like spring. Oh, lovely. We like a bit of that. Mm. Um, Northern Ireland, spring. Well, that, that's about 18 hours, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, this is it. By the time this episode is recorded, that will have been the entire of spring. I dare say you would have passed Possibly. through summer and be, be well into autumn. It's a good whack of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have fallen. <laughs> Fall has fallen. Fall has uh, fallen. But yeah. Ah, hmm. oh, well, but enough of this nonsense. What are you writing with and on? Well, I was, when I wrote the show note, which was what, Tuesday, yesterday, day before yesterday, can't remember. I was still writing with a Faber-Castell Columbus, which is the sort of German pencil that I bought in uh, the Republic of Ireland. And I've had it for ages and it was a 5B or something wildly dark. And it was great. And I was running away with that. And then I just, before I finished the show notes, I'd finished the pencil. And so it's done. It's in the stub jar, along with an old Blackwing 602 that I pulled out after it. Uh, and this was a really old 602 because it was the, I think it's the horse on it instead of the, the tree. Mm-hmm. And it was the original logo. So when it was still a bit more serify rather than the sans serif one they've got now. And yeah, it was in my pencil roll for my journal for ages. And it was getting down towards that, you know, post Steinbeck ergonomic uh, dark place. And I just decided to use it up and finish it. So I did that. So two pencils went into the stub jar on Monday. And I'm now writing with a Blackwing X scrawler box, uh, which Claire sent over to me uh, via you or you sent over via Claire. Some some weird sort of concoction like that. But thank you very much to both of you. It's lovely. It's a lovely, lovely color. Have you seen these yet or are they on the way to you? Uh, well, well, fingers crossed they'll be delivered tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to like customs. it. They're really nice. There's like a sort of a dark, t- sort of blue teal cyan kind of color at the uh, point, all the way up to a much lighter color at the top. And then there's scribbles and there's a little scribble in the ferrule. It, it's a sort of teal eraser. It's very, very pretty. It's very nice. Yeah, they. I mean, certainly on in pictures, they look lovely, and um, I got some because uh, the man behind Scrawler Box, uh, which I'm sure will be mm-hmm. in the show notes, um, is is in the 1857 Slack, mm-hmm. uh, and so we we sort of you know had a little whisper, uh, and then I managed to buy a box. <laughs> um, I think he's I think he's still got some boxes left if you're if you're interested, and um, he does a wonderful subscription product. Check it out. Mm. You can have a look if you're if you're arty, if you're arty, darling, or even aspirationally arty. Go and have a look. (laughs) 
Um, what am <laughs> what I doing? You? Oh, I'm, I, I, I've got all mechanical. Yes. Um, oh. Yeah, I fancied a bit of a change, um, which, which can be fatal. Uh, if you can imagine me going, mm, <laughs> I wonder if I've got a notebook. I wonder if I've got a pencil. That can last weeks. Uh, so I, uh, I opened up my, my little garden leather writing box, which sits behind me, which is a very nice piece of wood. Uh, and there's a couple of mechanical pencils in there. I pulled one out. And this one is the Carandash Fix. Uh, so it's a clutch pencil. Mm. Um, yeah. Very, very simple, straightforward. Uh, I've got the black one. Uh, they come in black, blue, and red. Um, they're fairly inexpensive. I mean, they're not cheap, cheap, but um, they're okay. They're, what, £18, I think? Um, yeah. Clutch just... pencils, you got to remember, are permanent. You don't sharpen them, so obviously you're paying for a... It, it's more like a pen in terms of there's a refill and there's a body, mm-hmm. and it's a permanent purchase rather than pencils, which... You can buy an 18 pound pencil quite easily in some places. And once you sharpen it and use it, it is gone. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, whereas these, you just uh, bang in some, some more lead. Um, and it's, mm. it's just nice. I, I quite like the fusion because you're right. It does feel very much like a pen. Um, yeah. And uh, two mils quite thick for yeah. pencil lead. Yeah. This is a, this is a bit of a, a, a Sharpie. It's the pencil Sharpie, mm. I think. Because uh, I think people don't have a con- an idea of what, like if you hear two mil, Americans are already baffled because it's metric, but <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily correlate to what you think you expect. So to put it into perspective, a mechanical pencil is 0.5 to 0.7 normally. So 0.5 is obviously a quarter of the size of what you're currently writing with. So a two mil is a big, chunky, thick pencil. Yeah. Uh, I have one made by Koenor that's 5.6 mil. Yeah, well, which I've is got, huge. I've got, I've got a couple of Koweco versions. We sell Koweco yeah. versions of that. Yeah. There. But just for anyone who's not quite sure what 2 mil is, um, it's quite a lot bigger than a pencil lead. So a normal pencil lead, I guess, is probably 1 mil, maybe. So it's about twice the size of a normal standard pencil, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you think of, um, you know, gel pens that, you know, you get in yeah. little stationery stores, you know, they're 0.5s. 0.7 is considered broad. Point five yeah. is a medium. Point <laughs> point two is, is basically fine. yeah. Point <laughs> just just two two yeah. point. It's writing with like a breeze block. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Two point is a crayon. That's that's essentially what we're saying. <laughs> but uh, no, there's something lovely about a big chunky pencil as well. Uh, and as you say, it's probably closer to a pen than a pencil. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. I'm I'm enjoying it. I, apart from the usual thing that I have with clutch pencils of however far the lead comes out from the bottom, I always feel it's too far or not enough. And so... I sp- <laughs> the Goldilocks zone. Yeah, so I spend an enormous amount of time fiddling with it. And then, of course, yeah. the minute you start writing with it, it all changes again because the, your lead gets used. <laughs> yeah, you've moved it down. Um, can we also mention in the show notes you've written available at Nino, which is my favorite sort of shortening of a term ever. And all I can think of is just some, some little child running going, Nino, Nino, Nino. <laughs> well, that, that's what Nero's Nero Notes does. is known everywhere in, in my um, sort of management tools and stuff. It's all Nino. It's Nino. Nino. Because she wrote 99 balloons, didn't you? 99 red balloons. <laughs> well, it used to be Pono, you see. That's right. So, so it went from Pono <laughs> to Nino. That, that's the book, right? From Pono to Nino. Uh, <laughs> this is the Stuart Lennon story. Absolutely. No fish were harmed in the making of this book. (laughs) 
Finding Fi- Nino. Yeah, yeah finding that's great. Nino. They write themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. We've done it. <laughs> don't, don't release this, for heaven's sake. Yeah. Um, and I'm in the uh, the sketchbook, the Mike Hawthorne sketchbook. Mm-hmm. Mike Hawthorne, uh, yeah. With, oh, maybe, I don't know, four or five pages left. And I um, I will, yeah, this, this may be the last... 1857 for this book, I think. I was going to say you're uh, you're double timing now with various yeah. other endeavors. I've got so a couple more podcasts this week, so yeah. This I'm just having a look. One five four. Page one was one five four, and I referred to you as Tango Jack Cosgrove. Anyway, <laughs> have you got um, one today, or is it just? I I haven't actually. No, I I didn't think of one. I oh. perhaps I'll throw one in later randomly. <laughs> what have you been uh, watching? Oh, quite a few bits and pieces. We watched a new film that came to Amazon Prime the other day called Palm Springs, P-A-L-M, uh, which was kind of like Groundhog Day meets uh, Three Weddings and a Funeral, although I've never seen that film, so I'm, I'm guessing. Fairly it's, it's a wedding. There were, there were four weddings, but anyway. Well, maybe I watched the knockoff version then. <laughs> <laughs> the cheap Three version. weddings and a... Yeah. Um, but this is... Uh, it's basically a time loop movie uh, set at a wedding. And that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil anything. It's really well written, really well acted, kind of an indie film. So I think a lot smaller budget than some of the other films that are kicking about. It's does It's, it's kind of trying to do something very smart and very funny with a, a decent budget, but a small scope. Uh-huh. And it does it really well. Uh, and we really enjoyed it. It kind of popped up as a, a recommended one and I've forgotten his name, but one of the guys is in Brooklyn nine, nine and a bunch of other stuff. He's sort of the main lead in it and he's funny. I've seen him in various things. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll give that a go and watched it. I was like, no, this is really well done, really well written. And then funny to boot. And, uh, just kind of, it plays with a trope that lots of people know. So if you've seen Groundhog Day, in fact, a lot of us are kind of living Groundhog Day at the minute, but yeah, for sure. if you've seen that, you kind of know the setup, like, Every time you uh, fall asleep or die, you wake up in the next, the same day. And mm-hmm. it just all starts again. And it's that infinite time loop. And it, it just, it, it doesn't, it's not a spoof. So it doesn't play with the notions of Groundhog Day. It's a similar setup that has its own rules and its own logic and is very, very well done. And so I kind of saw it because it was there and I thought, you know what? Worth having a look at. I was really pleasantly surprised at how good it was. So if you can watch it, it's worth watching. It's only 90 minutes, so it's it's not much of an ask. Uh, Palm Springs. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Cool. And then the other thing we've started watching recently is Bob's Burgers, which is another adult animated cartoon, which is, again, I'm terrible with names. Uh, the main voice of Bob is the same actor who did uh, Archer in the Archer TV shows and a bunch of other sort of voice acting roles. And so I know the actor. And well, I don't know his name, but I know his voice. And uh, this is just another kind of in the same vein as The Simpsons or Family Guy or anything like that. It's a, it's a family animated adult sort of comedy. And it's good. It's good fun. It's interesting. It's a little different than the others. And it's just something to put on. They're short episodes of 20 minutes. So you sort of stick one or two on. It's a nice sort of lighthearted, fun thing to watch at the end of the day. Splendid. Very good. Uh, well, nothing exciting for me. Still, Line of Duty, our, our weekly pilgrimage. Mm. Um, yeah, we caught up. Have you seen that? That uh, the big episode, the, the the most recent. Yep, 
the the so one that, with the cliffhanger ending of a photo. Yes, that everyone gotcha. was pausing and watching on their TVs. We we did anyway. We zoomed in, see if you can see who that is. Who is that? What is that? But um, again, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's watched it or is going to watch it. But the, there's a there's a gun fight in that episode at some point, and it's very dramatic. It, it is that episode, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, screaming my head off of the television. <laughs> it's very dramatic and it's really interesting. And like Megan, I thought, oh, this is fantastic. This is built up to be a big episode and we enjoyed it. And the drama was there, only marred slightly by the fact that literally right where that fight happens is the road outside where Megan parks her car <laughs> when she goes into Belfast. And so we're both sitting there going, well, it's not Birmingham because we both parked there to walk into Belfast. I know where this is. It's very jarring when you're like, <laughs> I, I, in one mind, this is really good storytelling and I'm there, I'm with the, the narrative. On the other, um, there's a Tim Hortons around the corner from here uh, and I know exactly where it is and it's a bit distracting. So it's, <laughs> it, it's a very small problem for people from Northern Ireland to have, but yeah, that's all I could think of while I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was just furious at the sort of amateurism that was being displayed. I was, I was thinking that that's not how you would handle that situation if you were a firearms officer, but there you go. Um, it's, it's there for drama. No, it's not, not supposed to be yes. that accurate. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, well, it's a good show, isn't it? It's become a sort of mm. national passion, hasn't it? In the UK. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, there's, it's, um, uh, your man accompanying uh, podcasts. There's, um, yeah. all sorts. Bent um, coppers. That's what the. There's only one thing I'm interested in. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, uh, so no, enjoyed that. Uh, got my theories. Um, suspect they mm. will be proved wrong because well, the whole idea is to set up a few basic theories that people like me will fall for and then do something else. Mm. Herrings um, of the red variety. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, I don't know how many, do you know how many episodes there are in total? Oh, I we, think we, we looked this up. There's four or five in a normal season and this one's maybe six. All right. So there's only a couple more to go then I would say. We've, yeah. We've had four, have we not? Or maybe three? I don't know. This is three, yeah. I think. It's oh. oh, coming. God, what are we going to talk about afterwards? Um, and the other thing, I've been watching a thing called Bitter Daisies. I don't know if you've come across that. It's mm. a, a Netflix no. thing. Um, it's Galician. So um, okay. if, if you look at a map of Spain, sort of top left-hand corner. Um, okay, yeah. It probably, I, I believe, um, only because it's the Santiago de Compostela, where I'm walking to, is in Galicia. And... Uh, therefore, I happen to know that it's the only place in Europe wetter than Ireland. <laughs> which has, they had to take it from us. Yes. That was a one thing. <laughs> which has no bearing at all upon uh, Bitter Daisies, which is uh, it's, it's a cop show, essentially. Um, oh, okay. We have a, a cop from the big city, uh, A Coruña, who turns up in a, well, it's not a big city, a sort of one-horse town, but that's very unfair to most one horse towns um it's it's really weird it's a one horse town but it's got a big brothel go figure um <laughs> and it, it's a whodunit uh mm. with a, with a sort of strong dose of spanish soap opera 
So okay. it, if you think of, um, I don't know if you've ever seen them on, on the TV in the background places, but there's a sort of hugely melodramatic and, and big gestures yeah. and big, strong dialogue. There's a bit of that going on as well. Um, uh, and Margaret appears completely hooked. I'm, I'm well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, and it's in Galician, uh, which is kind of Spanish uh, with English subtitles. So, yeah, it's, it's quite amusing. Um, mm. I'm looking forward to I forgot to we also watched the first episode of Bridgerton. Oh, have you not seen Bridgerton? No, we haven't seen any of it. And it kind of caught oh, up with right. us with, okay. I heard they were filming season two and they've just approved seasons three and four. So I thought, okay, well, it deserves at least a first oh, episode. It's, it's going to hang around then. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, definitely not my normal watch. Sort of period dramas anyway. Dramas, not so much. Like unless something's uh, infesting people's brains, uh, there's a cyborg somewhere or someone's traveling time. I'm not really interested in period dramas, just it's not my jam. So this would normally not really even hit my radar. Uh, but Meg wanted to watch it. And whenever I spoke to you about it and the stuff about sort of the alternate history mm-hmm. and the, the treatment of race in it, I was like, oh, okay, now I'm, now I'm curious. I want to see what this is about. And we stuck on the first episode. And yeah, the both of us sat really, really enjoying it. Um, I just thought it was really well done. Uh, mm-hmm. Really liked the world that they're building. And yeah, it was just fantastic. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that, um, well, I mean, clearly they've approved the fourth series. They, they know what they're doing. These, these folk. <laughs> yeah, it works. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, when it comes on, I'm fairly certain whether I like it or not. It's coming on in my house. You'll be so, watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice dose of, um, of that kind of the drama of things that don't matter to me but I'm still enjoying it. So normally the stakes are a lot higher and the things I watch, like it's not about, will you find a husband? It's about, you know, will the world turn into you know, ash or something? <laughs> so the, the stakes in sci-fi movies are, are usually a little higher. It's nice to watch something where it's just, it's a bit of drama. It's a bit of intrigue. It's a bit of fun. It's very character driven. And they, they really take their time in, in actually showing these people as human beings with backstories and motivations rather than just, like empty cardboard cutouts that you move around in front of an explosions. Sure. Yeah. I, well, it, I'll be interested to hear about your journey because I think you'll end up more mm. invested in it than you intended to. Certainly I did. Um, <laughs> don't tell anybody. Okay. Well, we've thing. only first, yeah, first step, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe this will transition into some sort of Bridgerton fan pop podcast. Uh, yeah, the end of it. I, it's probably the only way. Um, <laughs> what, what about listening? What have you been listening to? Uh, two bands, one of which I listened to before, one of which I find relatively recently. I'm not giving any song titles because I can't remember half of them. And there's lots, but two bands, Paper Idol and Mother Mother, both of which have quite strange and different songs, just interesting stuff. I'll put them in the show notes if you want to have a listen. Mm. Um, but yeah, just something a little bit different. Mother Mother I've listened to before. Uh, Paper Idol kind of cropped up because I realized that there was maybe two or three songs that had popped up in... When you do the Spotify radio thing on a track you like, it'll give you similar tracks. Sure. They'd popped up more than once. And so I went, okay, let's, let's, le- let's listen. So give them a, both of them a, a look if you get a chance and just see if it's, it's your cup of tea. Yeah, I will uh, I'll get them on the old Apple Music tomorrow. Have a wee lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this, is, this is an odd one for me um, as a... Um, <laughs> Not a confirmed atheist, but pretty close to a confirmed atheist. I've been listening to a Christian podcast. 
mm. um, called Rocking Chair Devotions. Now, there, there is a backstory. Um, the, the guy who produces and reads it, it's a guy called Dave uh, Antholk, who is also doing a course that I'm doing, um, the, the Focus, Focus Course Academy, Focus, mm. Focus Academy course, one of those two. Um, and I, he, he's a really charming man, really nice fellow. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll go and listen to his, his podcast. And it's lovely. <laughs> it's very comforting. Um, he, mm. talk, he talks about scripture and clearly um, th- this might be news to you as well, but Easter is a big thing uh, if you're Christian. And <laughs> there's been, uh, he sort of upped his, his output to a daily podcast for, for Holy Week. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. He was, you know, just retelling some of the biblical stories and stuff. Uh, ha- go, go and give it a listen. Rocking Chair Devotions. It's only, mm. it goes from about 10 minutes to, I think, 30 minutes max, you know, for, for the big ones, you know, Good Friday and stuff. But uh, it's just, I just find it a really nice interlude. It's, it's almost like meditating. I love it. Mm. Um, other than that, my usual podcast sort of diet of, um, you know, people talking nonsense about Apple and productivity and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, IMAX with Apple Silicon. IMAX with Apple Silicon. Is that, is that the, the buzzword at the minute? Well, to be honest, TJ, I think for the, the IMAX for Apple Silicon, you may need to wait till dub dub. <laughs> um, Air tags is that the thing, or yeah, Apple tags? Or the, like that? the tags that uh, were originally announced two years ago um, <laughs> may, in fact, be turning up uh, next week. Uh, a week today, as we yeah. record, I think. No, a week is a week today. A week yesterday, I think. Um, uh, what else? Uh, possibly a new iPad or two. Although there's rumours that they've been delayed by sort of pandemic-y thing, wings, or, well, not pandemic-y things, the display on the little one is causing them all sorts of headaches. Apparently, it is rumoured mm. by people known to be good at rumours. <sighs> Who knows? Anyway, I'm sure it'll be fun because we're both sort of, you know, almost Apple fanboys, so we'll say, like, oh, that looks really good. <laughs> no, I'm not going to buy it. But yeah, it looks really good. Because um, I do have a load of credit in the Apple store, just, you know, waiting yeah. for me to spend it um you need right. a few more apple home pods you need to be able to like bathe in them or, or roll <laughs> around in them well you know i'm thinking i might sort of you know, spread my wings a little further from 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 the home pods there, um, there must be other things that i need i'm sure things i can't live without probably a big cheese grater with wheels ah well i mean who doesn't need one of those um <laughs> <laughs> so so what is it you do with your computer well i send email and stuff mm, yeah you may be over specking there sir um <laughs> what about reading have you been reading anything yeah i recently signed up for kindle unlimited on a, a free trial which okay i'm not entirely sure how it's different from kindle prime which is another service that they offer with amazon but basically it's a selection of books that you get free and the reason i signed up for a trial is that i was going to buy this book that i'm reading and then it was like, oh, included in Kindle Unlimited. Like, okay. Kindle Unlimited free for 60 days. Oh, okay. I'll read it in less than that. So you're, you're saying free book. You're saying a lot of words, but the words I'm getting is free book. <laughs> so Kindle Unlimited, please. So I signed up for that. And then I'm reading They Thirst by Robert R. McCammon, uh, which is a book that, that cropped up. I don't actually know. I read an article or something and it cropped up as a, a suggested book. And I thought, that sounds good. And then I read the synopsis and thought, that, that sounds good. And so I started reading the book and that sounds good. It's good. I'm enjoying it. Cool. I'm, uh, 
writing it down. I've got I've got quite a big sort of to be read pile, but yeah, that's a nice thing to have. I like having big to be read mm. piles. Um, what am I reading? I'm reading Rework um, by that uh, '80s boy band, the Base Camp Boys. Um, it's, it's not really an '80s boy band. Uh, Base Camp, as in Thirty Seven Signals. Uh, software they've sort of as off off cuts of their development process they've produced a few books Mm. Um, and i'm currently looking at Basecamp as a as a software application uh, that may have a little space in my life so i'm I'm playing with that i thought oh i'll read the book Uh, there's this one and and i think the next one is called Work doesn't have to be crazy or something like that. Um, re- so rework, got... rework, re, <laughs> yeah, rework to the return. No, um, <laughs> so they're a very opinionated uh, couple of guys, uh, and as a consequence, they've got a very opinionated company. So they've come up with Hey Email as well. That's their latest oh, yeah. product. Yeah, yeah, I remember talking about this. Yeah, so reading that, yeah, it's quite good fun. It's um. It's very opinionated. It's got very short sentences. Boom. Um, it's very much in the sort of here. I pass you pearls of wisdom. Receive the below. <laughs> Boom. Uh, I just hit you with it. So that's that's quite refreshing and quite irritating, all in the same breath. <laughs> what about drinking? You drink anything? Uh, we find two boxes of coffee bags in the cupboard which mm. are uh, tea bags, but coffee in them. And but I bought them ages ago and I looked at the dates and I don't think coffee grinds go off per se. I mean, if they start growing things, they will go off, but there's a, it's more of a best before than a used by. I'd imagine they'd the is co- tasteless quite quickly, I would have thought. Yeah, well, they were, they were coming up. So they were mm. basically next month, I think both of them have kind of gone out of their, their f- freshness favor. So I, I put a sort of note of like, right, I'm going to set these and eat easily visible place beside the kettle and i'll have these instead of a filter coffee and just work through them and they're not bad they're not as flavorful as a nice french press or a well-made aeropress or you know a, a pod coffee or something like that they're not as strong but they are easy so if meg meg has tea meg doesn't drink coffee so if i'm making tea for megan and coffee for me it's a divergent process one is a bag in hot water and one is a bunch of other stuff this makes it a lot easier to go bag in this, bag in that, hot water in both, bit of milk, done. It's very straightforward. And they, they're efficient. They're not the best way to make coffee and they don't make the best coffee, but they're not bad and they're yeah. easy and I had them. So I've been drinking those. They produce a drink that delivers caffeine to you and heat <laughs> as required. And that's yeah. yeah, essentially what they do. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, I'm still being a good boy and drinking uh, mostly water. Uh, mm. My my sort of forbidden forbidden fruit is ginger beer, um, the spicy stuff. Yeah, it's it's, it's fiery. Um, it's from the uh, the rather well known retailer Tesco. Uh, somehow or other, a whole bunch of that stuff's ended up here. I don't know how. Um, <laughs> Do you, you don't have Tesco there as a store? No, I imagine? but uh, each of the sort of supermarket brands here appears to be associated with one of the uk ones so if oh. you go to if you go to um alpha mega which is where it's margaret's supermarket of choice you'll find quite a lot of tesco stuff uh if you go to um oh dear what's the other one called 
it'll come back to me. If you go to the other big one, there appears to be quite a lot of Sainsbury stuff there. Um, ah, okay. Oh, yeah. So there's something, some sort of subsidiary or deal or something going on. Yeah, it's some sort of grey import stuff. And now it's being impacted by by Brexit. So everybody's going, oh, I don't know how it's going to work. Um, but for me, um, it's a very nice sort of no added sugar ginger beer with a little bit of mm. little bit of kick to it. Cheeky. Um, but mostly water. I am being good. No alcohol. Uh, obviously, well coffee. Done. Plenty plenty of coffee. Still doing that. Um, <laughs> Not a sadist. No, exactly. But uh, yeah, once again, I mean, I've, I've I, I quit. I haven't had a drink for about 10 days or something now. And I'm, I, I feel better for it. There is no doubt. Yeah. That I, I feel healthier. And do you think that's going to become some sort of, I hesitate to use the word yo-yo, but is it going to be a process of on and off? Or is it going to be a process of mostly off with some intermissions of on? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's off. Um, I don't really feel um, drawn to having a drink. Um, but it's really weird. Margaret finds it awkward. Um, mm. she, she, it's one of those strange ones. She really enjoys me not drinking. She just doesn't want me to be a non-drinker. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's this, it's the stigma that I suppose, uh, certainly in the past would have been attached. Oh, you don't drink. Subtext. Oh, is there a, you've got yeah, a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't um, eat lettuce? Do you have a lettuce problem? I'm sorry, did you have troubles with lettuce in the past? Like, exactly. So it, it doesn't translate to anything else. It's it's the only thing in the world. It's like, you know, oh, oh you don't care. Oh, do you, do you mind if I do? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, it's like, do you mind if I smoke? You burst into flames as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things and uh, margaret is much more sensitive to those things than that yeah. I, I i think i'm probably sensitive to them but i enjoy it i'm contrarian so <laughs> i enjoy yeah. that attention <laughs> um so yeah i mean i dare say i will have the odd drink but um largely I, f- I find life better without it so i think we'll probably well that's good that's a good realization it's nice to, to sort of see that journey as a okay I want to reestablish and re-identify what my relationship with this thing is. Mm-hmm. And then you took your year and you did exactly that. You kind of had enough time away to realize what you liked and what you didn't like. And then you went back and you realized what you liked and you didn't like. And now you're in a position where you can make an educated decision based on both sides of the, the data set. And you go, this is what I actually know I feel better with. Yeah. So, you know, that decision is easy to make and a lot easier to stand by because you're not thinking, well, well maybe, but if, I wonder... Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, um, I was talking to a friend about it. Um, there's Stu, who people who read my Camino posts will know, um, is A, uh, one of my closest friends, and B, the guy I walk the Camino with, um, and C, quite fond of a drink. Um, he's not drinking. And mm. um, we, were, we were talking because both of us would have our identity very sort of closely tied to, to being bon viveur, bon vivant, even. Mm. Um, uh, with a certain amount of knowledge about wine, uh, certainly a great enthusiasm for it. Um, and to sort of change that, it, it can be quite unsettling for other people. Yeah. Because, you know, the, oh, the, the drinking clowns are here. What do you mean they don't drink? Oh. <laughs> well, that was one of the main things I knew about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I wonder who they are now then. Um, <laughs> Just I, the clowns, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so I need a pigeonhole to put these people in immediately. Um <laughs> So, yeah, it's quite an interesting uh, sort of journey in that mm. respect as well. 
What about buying? Are you buying anything good? <laughs> well, you can see my show note. I bought well, something I just figured out. I think it happened this afternoon, but I'm not sure because I haven't actually got an official message on it. I bought some butane propane canisters for my weed burner, as one okay. does when you reach middle age. Uh, we used to use um, weed killer in the garden, but since we got blue, I don't want to put anything on the garden in the grass or the, the driveway that might get on his paws. And so I had a, a weed burner, which is essentially just a propane torch that you like basically heat up the leaves and they're, they're the sort of water cells burst. And it's supposed to get rid of weeds in a, in a non-chemical way. Okay. And I had one and used all the canisters. I went to buy a new canister and couldn't find one anywhere. Couldn't find them locally. And the, the nearest sort of hardware shop that I could get one in was far enough away that it felt a bit of a push to call it a necessary trip. So I was like, well, I'll just leave it. And then I saw it on Amazon. I could get six of them for 19 pounds, which is about three pounds each, which was pretty much half the price of what I can buy them singly. So I thought, brilliant. I'll buy some of those. Place my order. And then I got a thing, an email uh, from Amazon there. We've refunded your 19 pounds. I'm like, oh, <laughs> interesting. I didn't want my 19 pounds. I wanted my gas canisters. I suspect there's something gone wrong. So I think there's a, either because it's being flown and they don't want to put gas canisters on a plane, which is totally understandable, or it's some sort of Brexit nonsense, in which case uh, I'd be better buying them at six pounds and not dealing with all the faff. So I bought, I, I, I bought and then didn't buy those, uh, which is a theme. So we bought, <laughs> bought more dog food. I have our dog food arriving uh, with Amazon as well, because it's easy and it's cheap and it's the stuff that the breeder recommended that is good for him. And it's all kind of organic, all, all the good stuff for the dog. It's great. And it's not super expensive either. So we have it set up to come, I think, every four weeks or something like that. And so the next packet arrives two days ago. And the person drops it off at the door for me. I lift it in. And I go, oh, there's a hole in that. Okay, that's not that big a deal. Hmm, this hole seems to have been eaten through the bag rather than ripped through the bag. Hmm, hmm. No, I don't want to feed the dog this, just in case there's A, live animals, or the remnants of live animals in this. So I called up and asked for a refund. They said, yeah, no problem. And to be fair, they're very good, and got a refund, stuck a label on it. And so we got another one today, which has not been pre-consumed, <laughs> but it's basically just buying things twice and getting them once, or in, in this case of gas canisters, getting them nuts. <laughs> so... Well, I could I can see the headlines now. Northern Irish man refused refueling for his flamethrower. <laughs> when you put it like that, it sounds bad. But <laughs> well, I'm I've, I've weeds, got I visions of you in some sort of Ghostbusters suit going out <laughs> taking on the garden. Right? Yeah, they are forty foot weeds. Yeah, it's like a beanstalk out there. <laughs> the Amazon jungle but, meets TJ. Exactly. It's grim, but. Yeah, just the the sad, boring stuff that you have to deal with when you approach middle age. It's like the the most exciting thing this week has been trying to get dog food and gas canisters. Get from out there and organized. pull them out of the ground, man. Don't be daft. What do you think this is? I'm not a, some sort of agrarian society from the 1870s. I'm going to use technology for this. Uh, well, yes, the thing is, I would have already got them out of the ground while you're still waiting for your, your flamethrower. Yeah. Oh, no, to I, I will delay... <laughs> we'll we'll get there in the end and then the last boring thing that i bought was i bought a new silicon case for my iphone okay. so i had a a leather one that was made by apple which was very nice 
but it started really, really weathering and not like nice leather weathering. Let's try saying that 10 times fast. <laughs> but it was like, it started to look a bit dirty because it was worn. And so I thought, well, well, we'll see what there is. And I went on Amazon. They have a really nice sort of, it's actually called Cypress Green colored uh-huh. silicon yeah, yeah, one. I've seen that one, yeah. And they have the official Apple one mm-hmm. is like 40 quid. And there's another one, which is, I think it doesn't have a magnet. And that's literally the only difference. So it's not a MagSafe case, sure. but it still works with MagSafe accessories because it's thin and it was £12. So I was like, okay, well, we'll try the £12 and then if it doesn't work, we'll get the £40. And I can report the £12 one is perfect. It works fine. So that's the last exciting thing on my list of middle-aged things I bought this week. I have to say, just on your, your iPhone thing, I'm, I've, been, I've been going naked um, for... <laughs> four or five months now i guess mm-hmm. um partly because it's um i've got the iphone 10 or x as the world calls it and um i, I suppose i'm thinking well it can break now it's old i want a new one <laughs> it's just an excuse for a 12 or a 13 no ports oh, oh yeah i mean that, that's the other thing is i keep i keep i do this regularly i go on and look at the specs and go it doesn't do anything different from what my phone currently does <laughs> it is lovely i will admit the 12 i haven't talked about it much because it just fades into the background of being good at what it does but the 12 pro max which is the iphone that i bought i don't know 10 15 20 episodes ago or something it's fantastic it's genuinely the best phone i've ever owned it gets out of my way which is the best thing so i don't really notice i'm using it most of the time until it does something magic like hand off to another device or swap the airpods or some some apple thing that is delightful Mm-hmm. But most of the time, it just does everything I ask it to do and doesn't stop me. And I noticed the other day, one of the, the it was that Apple moment of like, oh, it's just better. When I got to, it must have been 11 p.m. And I, I got up with the dog, I let the dog out to pee at 5 a.m. So do the maths, 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. What's that in real money? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a long uh, time, CJ. 18 hours or something? Hours, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my phone hit the 20% battery mark for the first time at, at 11 p.m. Having been up, like I literally picked it up when I went to let the dog out and I was playing music and I was listening to podcasts and I was browsing stuff and I was doing things. 18 hours solid on my phone. Didn't touch charger once. And only at 11 p.m. that night did it go, oh, we've hit 20%. It might be time to charge. And I went, oh, right. Actually, that's a long time for a phone. And Megan's phone has been recharged nine times in this in this space of time. It's been basically cable tied to the charger because it, it can't last 15 seconds away from a power <laughs> port. And mine's going 18 hours at a... Like, genuinely, that was the first time I've seen 20%. Because yeah. in a normal day, it doesn't get that low. And I just thought that's that's the magic of it when it, you don't realize how good it is because it's just doing what you want in the background. Yep. That's the thing. Um, I mean, I can speak now with some authority because I've got two. Um, I've got mm. uh, I've got the Android machine. Uh, yes, which is the uh, OnePlus Nord, um, mm-hmm. and I've got the well, it must be four years old now. The the ten, the iPhone ten, um, and uh, well, I suppose the best thing I could I could say is that the I've forwarded the Nord to the iphone (laughs) 
Um, it's. Mm, I wonder why. I mean, partially it's because I'm sort of not very well versed in how to use an Android phone and there's a whole learning curve there. Um, but mostly it's because it gets in your way. You, you put it very well. The, the Apple gets out of your way, whereas yeah, the Android does the exact opposite and keeps coming up with incredibly <laughs> unhelpful things um, and just making things awkward. So I sort of swallowed my pride on all the things that I didn't want to download, corporate things I didn't want to download onto my iPhone. I've put them onto my iPhone. I've set a forward on the Nord and I will get shot of it in, I don't know, I'll give it a month or two for for people to get used to the new numbers, <laughs> uh, which are the old numbers, but they don't know that. Uh, on on the other hand, I won't do it now, but we can we can have a little chat about um, uh, Windows PC. Oh, uh, God, please no. I've already had a fight <laughs> with Windows this week. Just pain, pain. Having used both for so long, I am now primarily using Windows and work, and I'll mm-hmm. not spoil this, the inevitable episode that will come out of this, but yeah. Windows PCs are good for a very narrow subset of things in my world now. And most of the things I'm trying to do are not in that subset. So it's just pain all the time trying to make it work. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we, we, we'll put put a pin in that. Put a pin in that, old boy. Um, <laughs> what have I apples been Apples and Windows. Yes, apples and Windows. Windows through apples and apples through Windows. Um, what have I been buying? Uh, yes, well, I paid a fee uh, for the services of a chap called Carruthers. Right. <laughs> Carruthers is what we have named our i7 Plus by uh, iRobot. Um, so it's one of those uh, home automated vacuum cleaners, essentially. It's a monolith with a robot attached to it, is what you're trying to say. Well, it's a vacuum cleaner that has its own vacuum cleaner. <laughs> so when uh, people will be familiar with the, with the, well, not terribly familiar, but with the sort of big disc thing that goes whizzing around your house and hoovering. Things. Yeah, the Hoover Frisbee. Yeah. So it's one of those, but then it has a little monolith, as, as TJ describes it, um, to which it returns and it drives itself up onto the charging station, which I, I could watch for hours. I did, that's just yeah, fantastic. Yeah, very amazing. Uh, and then when it gets there, in the monolith is a little hoover that empties the hoover. Yep. So it parks up there and goes, <laughs> and then reports on the telephone <laughs> that it's emptied and it's happy. And uh, so we, we named him Carruthers. Uh, and the way that the app and everything works is that they refer to it henceforward always as Carruthers. So uh, Carruthers has finished. Or <laughs> Carruthers would like you to know he's finished mapping. And, um, and uh, yeah, Margaret is uh, is well. She's she's laying down ground rules with Carruthers. Um, uh, <laughs> at one point this afternoon, I saw her. She had she had the three of them in a row, uh, two dogs and the robot, um, explaining to them the rules of engagement. I kid you not, this is true. Amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's they're clumsy oafs, aren't they? These robots. <laughs> It's basically dead reckoning. They just hit off enough things to get the whole room covered by accident more than design. Uh, You're not far from the truth. Um, And this one, Carruthers, he's got a little bit of um, British stiff upper lip, I think, this one. There's there's a part of the house where we have, um, I can't remember the technical term, people will know. If, If I say an Ikea armchair with a footstool, people will have- Oh, the one I have, the yellow one. 
Yeah, well, yes, you've got a yellow one. I've got a couple of beige ones. And one yeah. of the one of the beige ones upstairs, um, if you think of the, the base, it's just that sort of thin piece of wood. And, and to a robot, yeah. that looks very much like some sort of threshold. <clears throat> and so it, it will take on thresholds. It will cross them. It will go, <laughs> you think you're going to stop me, you little step? And so what Carruthers manages to do is get himself beached. Oh no! So, so, so he he's beach and requires assistance, um, and he, obviously, as he, Margaret is never he, more than twelve inches from him, um, <laughs> she she rushes to his aid, frees him from this devious, nasty trap of the Ikea armchair, and and he he then wanders off somewhere, uh, but you just turn your back for a minute and he's back in there trying to get over that threshold again. <laughs> It's like having another Jack Jack Russell, basically. That runs yeah, yeah, he did actually run into the back of the Jack Russell um, earlier. Oh no, well. that was quite entertaining um, because Ch- Charlie's not one for taking much uh, abuse, and uh, there was a standoff. There was some growling going on both sides. Um, oh dear, it, uh, it's fabulous. Uh, hours and hours of fun. We could probably do an entire episode on robots, and I insist that we do, but um, I'll give you this anecdote about ours. We got ours uh, just before you. It's all set up. It's running. I opted for the dumb version, so it doesn't have any Wi-Fi or anything. It literally just goes at a certain time, mm-hmm. which is what I wanted. I don't need it to be all connected. Uh, but there's a sort of uh, the same kind of rivalry slash acceptance that brothers have with a younger and an older brother. Blue now has with what we've christened Mr. Kibbs. Because Blue gets fed out of his little um, tumbler, wobbler thing, and it dispenses kibbles. And so the individual form of a kibble is a kib in our house. Okay. And so every now and again, he'll find kibs littered around the house. So he's like pushed his thing into the hall and there's one or two have been knocked under the door of the bathroom. So we have tiles, so it'll slide underneath. And so if you open the downstairs bathroom, he goes hunting because he knows there might be one or two kibs that have fallen in here that he may be able to, to scoop up. And so I think I said this last time, whenever the Hoover went under the cabinet in the corner of the kitchen, it sort of dispensed a bounty of these kibbles that had been lost to dog kind. <laughs> and so it kind of went in here and came back out with bags full of food. And Blue kind of went, I may not like you, but I do respect you. And so there's this kind of <laughs> begrudging respect between the two of them now. And so we've called the Hoover Mr. Kibbs because it just dispenses kibbs. If it any kind of goes near any kind of threshold, it'll find kibbles that are hidden somewhere. And so the dog kind of, it doesn't follow it, but he'll walk around going, mm, you got anything? No, okay. All right, I'm watching you though. <laughs> and every now and again, he will pull something out and Blue will go, that's it, that's my cue. Straight over and uh, pick up whatever's thrown from the, the sort of the wake of the Hoover. But um, it's, a, it's basically a buddy cop film in the making. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, I have to say, Margaret is now um, sort of planning with military precision how this is going to work because uh, our house is essentially all on one floor um, with the exception of, of this office and um, that's a utility room next to me. Uh, the rest of the house is just on one floor. So it's a lot of learning for a little robot. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, had a, it's had a couple of sort of 90-minute trips around the house. And it's beginning to get an idea of, of the shape of things. Um, but it's fascinating to watch. And of course, you, you, you project all of your sort of human thought processes onto it. You go, ah, yeah. yeah Anthropomorphize yeah. it. Yeah, he's, he's going back there just to check if that really is a wall. 
Thank you. Oh, yep. Oh, ow, ow. <laughs> oh, And you stop her bugger, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's thinking, cool, that must hurt eventually. Um, so, yeah, that, that's fud. hours of fun. Fud. Fud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, we should do a robots episode because I think there's a lot we can talk about here. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to just, you know, being sitting in a bar and thinking, I'm just going to set the Hoover off. Go on, on you go. Send it off. Send it off to different rooms. And, uh, and you can send it to the par. You can send it to the pub to get a beer for you. Just on the open roads. Let it go. Do you collect the groceries? The, the, again, we've come to the we've come to the reason the Daleks will never take over the world. Uh, our house is on stilts. <laughs> He's stuck at the top of stairs, forever frustrated. Um, so that was a big purchase, and uh, my. Claire package cleared customs today. Mm. So I'm told. Oh, uh, exciting. So, so uh, did you buy the Hoover locally then? Yeah, yeah. We um, looked at, uh, I think I touched on the sort of the wonders of the um, franchises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they couldn't deliver and all that. Um, so yeah, we just went and chatted to uh, one of the local shops and sort of just did the whole, well, I could get that online for. Yeah. Um, and you know, got got a few a few quid off, but um, yeah, bought here and then um, brought it home, plugged it in, and off it went. Uh, the mm. the Claire Sorry. package is it's we're in that awkward place now, you know, post Brexit. So what happens is that the UPS system isn't set up for this, so the UPS system just goes, "Oh, your package has been cleared." Great. So a fellow now will turn up to, at some point tomorrow, um, and typical with all UPS, probably when I'm not here, but um, when he does, he will have a bill with him and nobody knows what that bill will be. <laughs> It'll be a, you know, a, a customs estimation. And it occurred to me that I'd gone about this completely backwards because Claire and I said, right, put an envelope on the outside of the box showing that VAT has been paid. VAT receipts, they go, they're all in there, which is entirely irrelevant because they don't care if you've paid VAT in the UK. That's irrelevant to them because the UK is not part of a big free market with them anymore. But what you have done is give them a very, very easy way to value your package. Oops. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, could, um, that could, could hurt when that comes through, but we'll see. Um, what about quotes? Do you have a quote for the day? I do. You must do the things you think you cannot do. Eleanor Roosevelt. Ah, Eleanor Roosevelt. Just thought that was a nice affirmational, you know, little quotation. Absolutely. And so I thought, well, if that's the way we're going, I shall get all French on you. <laughs> um, it's only in adventure that some people succeed in knowing themselves. André Gide. You know. Gide? G-I-D-E. That's him, yes. I wondered how that was pronounced. Uh, well, I mean, it could be Gide, but no, it's Gide. And I, I studied him. I went there. I cool. A-level, I think. It's Parish notices. Bro, um, pass? I can't. I, well, what are we on? Wednesday the 14th today? So hopefully there'll be a discussion tomorrow in Northern Ireland about easing some restrictions. So we're, mm. we're waiting with bated breath for that. I don't think they'll ease much tomorrow, if anything, but they will talk about it tomorrow and then tell us what they're going to do, hopefully. So everybody here is kind of just 
waiting because we're now sort of at odds with the rest of the UK in terms of timelines because in England and Wales and Scotland, lots of things are now open, whereas in Northern Ireland, everything's still pretty much shut. So, mm. um, yeah, I understand that there's different timelines and different statistics and they're working to their own model, but it it's hard sometimes when you're chatting to people and they can go off and do all these things and you're still sat at home. The nice weather's helping though. So we're all sure. sort of waiting for some news tomorrow. But as I, as ever, I will caveat, I don't know what I'm talking about and I firmly believe that this is not an easy job and I do not want it. So <laughs> uh, it's very easy to sit at home and go, I wish I could go to the pub. Well, not taking into consideration all the stuff that would make that a very bad idea. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I've been sitting watching in wonder as English pubs have sort of opened at one minute past midnight and a <laughs> selection <laughs> of odd people have turned up wearing 13 coats, four pairs of gloves so they can stand outside and drink a nice cold lager. It's just nonsense. Um, but yeah. Well, it's, it's ice cold because it was room temperature when it was brought outside and now it's just frozen. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I think I'd probably want a cup of tea. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a sign of liberty, I suppose. People getting excited and hopefully it will. No, it all works out. So, uh, what have I got? I've mm. got I've got a few bits and pieces. First, uh, thanks, Eric. All right, Eric. Um, I'm not sure if he was writing to uh, 1857 or Nero's, but he's a Polish fellow. Uh, wrote a lovely letter, and his return address is completely illegible. So, Eric, I can't write back to you. Um, write to me again um, with your address printed, and I will return it. Um, <laughs> What else? Oh, Mrs. L has got her appointment for a uh, her first vaccination. Excellent news. Good stuff. So, so that's uh, quite exciting. I'm in this really weird limbo where uh, it's not my age group yet anyway, but I'm not eligible for Cypriot healthcare uh, because I work for a UK company and I don't pay social insurance in Cyprus. Uh, and I'm not retired sort of age-wise. So I fall into this place mm. where you're not registered. So if, if I want to go and see a doctor, I have to pay, which is fine. That's okay. Um, but for the vaccine, they set up a very good system saying, right, you folk who are here, but not part of the health system, you need to fill in this form and send it to this address, which I did. Um, and nothing happened. But what's supposed to happen is that when my age group thing comes up, they will then send me a text message saying you can now go on to the portal and book your appointment like everyone else. Um, but I should have had an acknowledgement. Now, Mrs. L has now got wind of this. I've gone, have you had an acknowledgement? No. Send it again. Okay. So I've sent it again and still not had an acknowledgement. Now, I know I'm not going to get an acknowledgement because, well, frankly, this is Cyprus. And you know, things are quite busy around the whole sort of health yeah. question at the moment. <laughs> and I'm not unduly concerned, I'll be honest, because um, by hook or by crook, I will get myself a vaccine. Um, so now the master plan is that we're, um, because I'll be taking Margaret to the vaccination centre for Limassol, um, and very endearingly going, well, while I'm here, you could, if you wanted to, vaccinate me, couldn't you? Um, particularly as um, uh, we'll be getting AstraZeneca. Um, 
which appears to put us in a massive minority because everybody's now panicking. However, lots of people feel uncomfortable taking AstraZeneca and, and now I think uh, Johnson & Johnson. So many of the appointments here for AstraZeneca haven't been taken up. Uh, so I'll be like, well, you know, it should be a shame for them to go to waste. Put it in there, Stavros. Just <laughs> slap it in the arm there. It'll be fine. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, but no, she's very excited. That's good. Um, and then I, uh, I suppose for me, we're probably two or three weeks away until my age group gets called. Um, mm. So if I don't manage to sneak one in early, then it'll be then. Or it'll be, you know, towards the end of the process when they go, well, we've done everyone. Now we're going to do. Oh, let's go again. <laughs> Um, so that, those are those are two bits of news, and the third one is uh, it's obviously I've now been relegated from fourth in the house to fifth. Um, <laughs> so I think pretty much we're we're going to say that it's Margaret's at the top, Carruthers is two, um, Spice is three, Charlie is four, and then I'm five. That's that's broadly how it works. <laughs> it's a bit disappointing, but there you are. There's also the snake in the garden. Where does it feature in the, the hit list? <laughs> well, when you say hit list, you may have got the right, the right term. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. L is not a huge fan of things that slither or indeed crawl. I mean, she's getting better with things like lizards. Um, but yeah, snakes, spiders, that sort of stuff. Uh, she's, she's a sort of shoot first, ask questions later type girl. Um, <laughs> Texan, if you will. Um <laughs> Whereas I, I'm more of a sort of, oh, well, that's a snake. I'll tell you what, you stay over there. I'll stay over here. Everything will be cool. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my, my approach to the question. A very live and let live approach to, to yes, snakes. Yes, or, or cowardice <laughs> is another way of looking at it. Um, I, I prefer your interpretation, I'll be honest. Right. Gerald, hit it. This is the three-pin plug. The first pin is Stuart Lennon, you can buy his collection of reasonably priced notebooks and stationery supplies at nerosnotes.com. You can read his writings on writing, at stuartlennon.com. If you want to see photos of his dogs, Spice and Charlie, you can follow him on Instagram at stuart.lennon587. The second pin is TJ Cosgrove. He created wood and graphite, a collection of over 150 short films on pencils, paper and other collected analog ephemera. You can watch it on YouTube, by searching wood and graphite. If you like looking at photos of coffee, keyboards and a black Labrador called Blue, you can follow him on Instagram at team underscore Cosgrove. The third pin in the three-pin plug is this show, 1857. You can support the show by leaving a review on iTunes, or the podcatcher of your choice, the efficacy of which is debatable, or by sharing with someone you think would enjoy it. Perhaps even nip over to nerosnotes.com and pick up a few lovely notebooks or fancy pencils, it all helps to cover the cost of hosting. The three-pin plug is brought to you by me, Gerald, a totally normal human being, and certainly not an AI-based neural voice generator. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Is this a, a Grammy, Emmy, BAFTA award-winning uh, presentation as usual? All the acronyms. 
<laughs> what are we talking about tonight, TJ? Well, this is something that I think we're probably a little bit early on right now, but we can start thinking about thinking about it. And you've read the title, you listened to the episode, Post-Pandemic Travel. That's not to insinuate that we are post-pandemic, we are not. We're still in the middle of this. Uh, there's still lots of things to do, and lots of ground to cover, but with places opening up, certainly in our, my neck of the woods, it's time to start considering what that might look like if we are to travel again. And I think it's going to be very different. Uh, and some of that's great and some of that's not so great. And I think it would be a useful and interesting conversation to have. So, I mean, travel wise, we're not, we have no plans to leave Northern Ireland at all for the rest of 21. Okay. And that's, all right. that's not because we don't want to. It's just because the current situation is that we're not allowed to go anywhere outside of the country. And I believe it would be unwise to jump the gun and try and book something. So we are just, you know, that's not to say we won't. That's just a, we have zero plans right now. And if the, the maybe the conversation will change in November time. But right now we have a little staycation booked for June, uh, hopefully local. Well, no, it is local, but hopefully it'll happen. Um, and that's just Northern Ireland based. So we can drive to those and that's, you know, we're on our own. We're not with other folks. And that's hopefully going to be a sort of a little proxy honeymoon. And that'd be lovely, but we have, as much as we'd love to travel further afield, it doesn't feel safe and it doesn't feel smart. So we're just, we're in the, the privileged position to be able to say, no, nah, we're, we're all right, thanks. And we'll just wait. Um, there's people who need to travel, who need to do things that they don't have that luxury, but we do. So we're going to exercise it. But what about you? Um, well, it's interesting. I suppose if, if we start local, um mm -hmm. i'm allowed now to travel uh on the island for work um as long as i fulfill my my obligations so i have to have a covid test every week um self-isolate clearly if there are any symptoms um and i can meet people uh, either outside or inside depending on how many people they've got in their building etc it's quite complicated um you know all for very good reasons and although people are uh, many people that I could meet, should meet, that would meet as part of my sort of business, are saying, "Look, let's leave it." Um, you know, if we need to talk, let's talk. We can zoom. We can do all that stuff. Um, but increasingly, some of the sectors that I work with are getting desperate, and mm. you know, they're they're also getting frustrated. So that I think work travel. Sort of on the island for me is going to become inevitable uh, over the yeah. coming month or so. Um, Cyprus is desperately lobbying to get the UK to allow tourists to come to Cyprus um, mm. under all sorts of, you know, you know, get tested here and tested there and you're in this category and that category. Um, but there's a degree of complexity to it that I think many people are reacting as you are going, yeah, do you know what? let's just just perhaps chill for a bit and, and look at this later yeah um but there are also many people who are saying you know this is stupid i don't believe any of this i want to go on holiday um and cyprus you know desperately needs the business frankly so there, there's this kind of weird competition between 
the yeah. Mediterranean countries about you know, can we get people in? Uh, Italy is is not competing because it's in the middle of a you know a spike and a huge lockdown. Um, likewise, France, um, but Spain, Portugal, um, and Cyprus are all sort of saying, well, you know, numbers aren't really going up. Well, they kind of are actually, but um, so inbound travel here. I think we will start seeing it. Uh, mm. I think we will see um, we will see spikes. We will see variants. We'll see all the things you don't want to see um, because our vaccination programs are still quite slow. Um, and I think the UK, which is the key market for us here, will be will be um, very very reticent and very very careful because um, if you have vaccinated people coming over here getting hit with a variant and taking it back home, mm. that's not going to play well with the amount of effort that the country's put into getting, you know, getting to where it is now. So yeah. um, in my other business, you know, there's pressure is the wrong word, but there is an, an expectation now that the world is beginning to open up, you know, pen shows they're they're talking about maybe doing them. Um, certain conferences that I would usually attend are being penciled in, whereas before they'd been sort of, you know, penned out. Um, so <laughs> I appreciate the, uh, the use of the words. That's excellent. <laughs> Keep it on brand. Um, so uh, there's a certain amount of uh, expectation that the world will, will start going. And I guess I understand that. And I guess that it's speculative that people are, mm. Are putting that out and sort of hopeful mm, because you know I'm looking at pen shows and going no uh, the, the, the equation <laughs> just does not work for me I mean a if if you were going to design a super spreading event then probably a pen show would be what you'd end up with um, yeah because you have prolonged contact in a really tight space with people indoors <laughs> yeah with well not only indoors they're generally in basements with no windows um uh, yeah, you know, I'm thinking of the London. All the things you don't want. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking no, and and also you know from a business point of view, um, pen shows rules loss making for us anyway. So um, uh, around my sort of jobby jobby stuff, um, corporate anti money laundering type things. I don't know. Some clients seem quite keen to to get together in person. Uh, and some clients, uh, we can do what we need to do remotely. Um, yeah. And I, right now, I'll be honest, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happier to to lose a client than to get on a plane unnecessarily. So, yeah, it's, it it doesn't make any sense to me right now. And again, I speak from an extremely privileged position. Okay, I live in a big house with a big garden. I've got a swimming pool and the sunshine. So, you know, travel is less likely to be important to me and I'm not, not <laughs> casting any aspersions on anybody that's going, do you know what, I really want to get a bit of a break. I can completely understand how people want to get Darling, a I need break. some sun. I need to go to the <laughs> patio. Oh, I mean, I, what an arduous see, journey we've had. <laughs> well, some of the people that I see on Zoom calls, you know, from the UK, I look at them and I'm like, oh, wow. Um, I mean, they look like characters from the movies you like, you know, zombie apocalypse. 
Um, <laughs> you haven't seen me in a while. I've got this kind of snake Pliskin-esque mullet thing going on. I haven't had a haircut in what feels like 16 years. Uh, inexplicably have an eye patch now. It's, it's, it's you know, dark days. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking that blues probably saved your life because it, you at least get out <laughs> once a day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. Because it does. It becomes like this Groundhog Day-esque. Well, mm. I'll just stay in and watch. I'll, I'll complete some more Netflix and you just sit around. Blue is great because he just looks up and goes, walk. Yeah, walk. <laughs> walk would be amazing. Never had a walk before. It'd be really good to do one of those. I'm like, yeah, all right, bud, let's go. Yeah, exactly. You end up doing 5K. But, and but Blue, it's raining. Again. Ah, it's only water. It's only water. It'll be fine. Yeah. I drink it every day. It's not a problem. Don't worry, Dad. <laughs> yeah. So um, I see people on Zoom calls and they just look so pale and pallid. And ah, just, oh. Yeah, that's... And I think I can understand, you know, if you're living uh, in a, you know, a shared accommodation apartment or whatever, it, where you've not been able to get out, don't have... I haven't seen grass in eight months or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Well, you know, there, there are people... My mum for... Um, well, pretty much the best part of a year. She's probably been out six times. Jeez, yeah. Maybe three or four, three or four to a doctor, um, and twice to a shop, something like that, because she's you know shielding and all that jazz. Um, so I don't think I'll be doing any any business travel. Again, there's mm. also pressure for family and friends. Um, Margaret and I haven't seen anybody from our families for. It's probably more like eighteen months, two years for us. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, and you know, I'd ideally like to see my mum. It would be unwise of me to see my mum. Uh, and you know, I'm doing like everybody else does. I'm I'm speaking to her on uh, WhatsApp uh, every day, and it's difficult to have conversations because you know. So what have you been up to? Nothing. Yeah. You? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> um, nothing <laughs> oh okay yeah. um snap good excellent <laughs> right so you're not not dying no 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 right good okay um you know it, it is what it is i mean fortunately my mum's quite stoic so um touch wood she's all right uh she's had her first job and her second one is due um well by the time the show goes out she'll have had a second i think so oh brilliant um yeah, it's it's a tough one. I I say I don't judge people who want to travel. I'm not going to judge people who do travel. And mm. I may well travel myself because this is a very very fast moving situation. That's it exactly. We don't know what it's going to be like in six months. I mean, just over a year ago, this wasn't a thing, and sort of in a year's time, we have no idea where we will be and what will the situation will be. So there's no there's no rule book for this. But it is an interesting divergence from what most people would consider normal for however long that people have sort of been. I mean, certainly in my life, this is the, the strangest couple of years ever and the most different. And I imagine that's true for many people. For sure. But uh, as you say, it's, it's a lucky position to be in that you can decide not to travel. And I understand there's people that have to travel or, or desperately want to travel for their own well-being because they just have been stuck in a box for mm. 18 months and I, I i get that for us it's more of a weighing up what's what we would gain versus what the potential is for not just what we might we might get sick but would we spread that to someone else i would feel horrible to know that i was responsible for someone else getting sick that would be awful and so i want to try and do anything i can to limit that because it just seems like the the right thing to do and again that's not a judgment on people who want to travel i think there's ways to travel safely 
and there are reasons to travel that are totally legitimate. It's just for us, it's more of a pause of oof, not really worth it right now. We'll just reassess in six months and see where we are. Because, I mean, if it gets to November time and everything is looking much rosier than now, which is already starting, like, was it green shoots of progress is the term that keeps getting bandied around. You know, in six months' time, it could be a much rosier picture, in which case, you know what? A little holiday somewhere would be lovely. Let's maybe look at that. But right now, we can just say definitively, you know what? Not going to worry ourselves. If we get to go away, we go away. But it ain't this month, and it's not in the next two or three months, so it's not a problem I'm going to deal with right now. But I do think travel will change, or already has changed, I suppose. Yeah. And it won't necessarily change back. You know, if 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 everything went back to normal tomorrow, uh, the the sort of cumulative experience of everyone who's been through this will not go away. And so I know from a personal standpoint, I still get anxious when people come close and I don't know them. So if I'm in a shop or something and someone gets too close to me, it's not like a, a, a severe anxiety. I can't function or I can't cope. But there is a like, ooh, oh, you're a bit close. Ooh, <laughs> not a thing that would have affected me last year or the year, you know, before COVID. It would have just been a, yeah, I don't want you in my sort of personal bubble, but um, it's not going to do any harm. But the, the problem is now I can. <laughs> I mean, it, it theoretically could have done harm before, but now there's a very real and tangible risk. And so I'm going, ooh, I don't feel comfortable with that. Oh, no, I'm not sure I would do that. And so you, I'm, I'm looking at some of the photos of people in pubs in England and they're going, that looks like great fun. I wouldn't do it <laughs> just yeah, because it's, it's too close. There's too many people. It feels, even though it's probably very well organized and very well structured and booked and there's, I'm sure they're doing everything they can to make this as safe as possible, that doesn't change that kind of inbuilt anxiety that I have now developed and I'm sure many people have also developed around, that's a big group. Uh, that's a lot of people. Ooh, that's like there's times when we've walked the dog and if we're walking into the park and the park is too busy, we'll go a different way. Because yeah. I'm like, there's just too many people here. And that doesn't go away just because you have a vaccine or you have low numbers. That is an inbuilt sort of psychological thing that is there to stay. You know, it, it probably will fade over time, but it's not going away tomorrow. No, absolutely. I think. Um... In many ways, I, th- I think those changes or a lot of those changes will will stick. Um, mm. You know, uh, for years we've been laughing at the the Japanese coming over and wearing masks on the street, and um, I, I think you'll see more of that. And if you're going to sit on an aeroplane these days, before COVID, I'm sure you and I had an app about how um, you know it doesn't matter. What sort of state of health you're you're in when you get on an aircraft? You're always sick when you get off it. <laughs> you, know, you, you develop some sort of nasal and or throat malady. Yeah, you, you because catch of something the recycled in, air. Yeah, the yeah. recycled air and blah, blah, blah. and you know, there are plenty of uh, plenty of evidence to suggest that's not true. Um, but it's very difficult to get away from the anecdotal feeling that it is true. And you know, you just think, well. Uh, We've been talking to a couple of Margaret's relatives who are elderly, um, who in the normal run of things would come and see us probably for extended periods. Um, and it's like, well, do you know what? At the time we were talking, so this could have been two months ago, one month ago, three months ago, four months, you know, various times during the pandemic, when flights have been possible, um, even if difficult, said, so, well, now's the time to do it. 
get on a plane while there are a few people doing it. Yeah. Um, get yourself gloved up, get yourself masked up, sit yourself down in a window seat and don't touch anything with your skin. <laughs> don't have anything to eat. Don't have anything to drink. <laughs> Breathe through your mask, get off the plane, pick you up. We'll, you know, dip you in some, uh, some surgical spirit. Um, Extra chlorine in the, in the pool and dunk you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, we'll get you a couple of COVID tests uh, every hour. And, you know, once you once you're here, you're in a bubble. I mean, you pretty much never need to leave for extended periods. And I think that that mm. is true. I think traveling per se is probably not dangerous, but it is going to be anxiety inducing. Yeah. Hmm. And it's just there's different reactions to this. We've talked about it before, and I'm not trying to put anyone, any person in particular, under on blast as they would say or sort of point the light at them and say you're doing this wrong but there are <laughs> there's a spectrum of behavior some of it very conducive to looking after other people and some of it a lot less conducive to looking after other people and certainly in my experience going to the grocery store and getting stuff there there is a subset of people that have developed this kind of and this is my word of the week solipsistic mindset uh, which I like to call the protagonist mindset, which is do I you, am. Is that what you like to call it? Genuinely do. Yeah, I talk to Meg about this all the time. This is <laughs> the protagonist mindset of like, I am player one in the video game of my life. Yep. Everyone else is an NPC and your <laughs> thoughts, feelings and existence is completely irrelevant to me. And I am going to continue on with my life as if nothing else and no one else matters. And you, it, it's kind of like trying to talk to a, the the big ball in Indiana Jones. It doesn't really have any effect other than you get squished because the, the full force of their uh, sort of passage through their own life <laughs> just crushes you. And, and, and I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm not trying to, to put anyone in their place, but it it's so, frustrating when you're like, I'm trying to be aware of where I am in a store. I'm trying to give people <laughs> space and cross over so I'm not in someone's way. And then you come across two people that are blocking an aisle. Uh, really? Do, do you all need to be right here, right now, discussing this 16 centimeters from each other? You're, you're, I just need to nice, teach you. I'll give you an anecdote in a minute. <clears throat> <laughs> the problem is that I am not a small man. And if I wanted to, I could set my heading and go through them for a shortcut. But I'm not going to do that. That's not nice, nor fair, nor what I want to do. The urge to do it is strong sometimes when people <laughs> don't wear their mask right or they, they barge past you to do stuff or they just block the way or you know, all the, the million of things that happen in daily life that are not necessarily someone being a bad person. They're maybe just ignorant to what you're doing right now. And there's a million reasons for that. I'm not going to say they're, they're wrong or bad or anything, but it's it's annoying. And it's made so much worse when you're like, ah, I don't even want to be out of my house in a shop. I just want to go and see my mom and dad, but I have to come and get beans and bread and the stuff that we need to survive. And you're making it so much harder to do that by not being aware that I am another person existing in the same space as you with the same wants and desires and you being annoying is not helping anyone. <laughs> if you, at the best of times um, uh, in this part of the world, there's a different view of personal space. <laughs> so the, there's a you know there's a huge um a great one in a supermarket is um 
people will sort of come right up behind you and reach over your shoulder to get to the, something <laughs> on the shelf in front of you. And <laughs> oh no, no, no! And, and norm- sovereign airspace. <laughs> exactly. Normally, I, I will find that mildly annoying um, during the pandemic, particularly when when Margaret was was unwell. So Margaret is is you know confined to bed. Um, I'm trying to run the whole house and. I'm worried about her thinking, okay, if she has some sort of problem, how am I going to get her to a hospital? All this stuff. So I'm fairly, fairly tightly wound at this point. And as, as people will recall, I'm a fairly large fellow myself. Um, (laughs) And this guy leant over me and uh, he wasn't wearing a mask. And this was at the height of the band. And and I just said to him, I said, look, excuse me, can you just, just back off a minute? You, you, You don't want to wear a mask. That's great. But, go and not wear a mask over there i'll just get what i need i'll move away you can go in. and he yeah he essentially gave me some some negative feedback to that as a concept <laughs> at which point <laughs> i turned around to him and i said or i could just punch you in the throat and he went okay and backed off <laughs> it's so infuriating where you think you know at the time i was thinking i, I particularly care if i got covid because I'm, you know, fairly robust character, he said, touching wood. But I was really worried about Margaret, whose immune system was, mm. you know, was shot to pieces. And just the idea of me taking it back because somebody wanted to reach over me to get to the full fat milk or whatever he was reaching for. Instead of waiting 15 seconds. Exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, I can, you know, spend 500 euros in a supermarket in about eight minutes. I don't hang about. There's not an enormous <laughs> amount of thinking going on when I shop. I have a list. I get everything that's on that list. I pay and I get out. Boom. So I can hardly be accused of loitering or slowing this person down. But as you say, it's uh, it's a great word that I'm not going to attempt to say, not not without drinking something first. Um, <laughs> but there is this whole approach of, you know, I believe X, Y, and Z about this, and therefore I'm going to live according to those rules. And the fact that you might not believe that or you might believe something different, I don't care. It's like, I, mean, I don't... I don't go around, um, I'm not one of these people who goes, you're not wearing a mask, put a mask on. If people don't want to wear a mask, that's their decision, it's up to them. Just don't come near me. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not even, I'm not saying that's just exclusively people. Yeah. (laughs) It's not even people that aren't following the restrictions. Some of these people are are, are following the restrictions perfectly. Like they're, they're, it's not they're actively trying to be annoying or they're actively trying to do something to someone else. It's that, you know, solipsism, which is the word, is the viewer theory that the self is all that can be known to exist. And so they're like, well, I'm wearing my mask. And so there's a, a nominal notion that there are other people and I'm wearing the mask not only to protect myself, but them. But then it's this, I'm going to go and I'm going to go look at mushrooms. Should we look at mushrooms for 40 minutes in front of the mushrooms and just sort of block them to everybody else? Yeah, let's do that. Maybe we should have a conversation here in the doors of the supermarket where no one else can get past us. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic idea. And they might be wearing masks. They might be trying to socially distance. But they're not aware of their surroundings. They're not aware of other people. And so even though they're being helpful in some respects, they're not being helpful in others. And I I find this before, like this is not a novel concept. I I I was going to say, this this isn't a coronavirus thing, is it? No, No, I've experienced this kind of like, Please don't stand in my way. Please don't block this entire place for everyone. Please don't be ignorant of the world around you. Um, 
it's just exacerbated by the fact that now there's a real concern about I don't want lots of people near me. I don't want to have contact with lots of people I don't know. I don't really want to have contact with lots of people I do know. It's more about how can I see my parents and my brothers and stuff like that and my extended family and Mag, Meg's folks without passing something horrible on to someone. You know, that, that it's always about weighing up what you want versus what the risks are. And so for me, I'm going, well, I, I'm happy to give up a lot of the stuff. Like, I won't go to the pub. That's fine. I won't go and go to the cinema and do all this. I'll not do that stuff if it means I can go and sit outside and have a cup of coffee with my parents. That would be lovely. But as you say, whenever someone else has kind of almost taken that decision away for you or taken your uh, autonomy in that area away by going, um, I'm just going to do what I want, though. And it doesn't really matter if you're in the way of that because it's very frustrating because you're going, well, I am not I'm doing my best not to impact your life in a negative way. Could you not at least do the same? You know, I don't need you to do what I want. I just need you to not ruin what I'm trying to do. Exactly. No, I, I, I feel you, as they say. I feel mm. you. Um, but yeah, it's occasionally a, a short, very violent outburst, generally speaking, <laughs> not physically so, well, only in extremists, um, can, can do the trick. Uh, because as you say, you're a really yeah. big enough fellow. I, I appreciate it. You don't want to go around <laughs> and intimidate people unnecessarily, but occasionally... Um, there are some people that it's think, almost you know, you're asking for it, pal. You really are. <laughs> it's almost worse because I know that most of the people that are, are you know, blocking the way or being silly or things like that, I could just do what they're doing and go, I want that bread roll at the bottom of the aisle and just look at the bread roll and start walking and they will just be like, like you know, the cow catchers in the front of a train. They kind of just push errant cattle out of the way. That, yeah. That's all that would happen. They would just kind of get pushed to the, into the tin of beans or something, and I would go on merrily without really noticing. But I'm, I'm desperately trying to be aware of people around me and compassionate to other people in their space. And it's just this kind of like, deep breaths, deep breaths through your mask. Just shallow breaths, what helps? I don't know. Let's just, <laughs> just, it's, it's, it's exacerbated by the anxiety that we're all feeling about this this pandemic and so i just find it an interesting it's something that bugged me before but now when i'm in a shop and i have to deal with it it's like okay this is not in isolation anymore there's other stuff aggravating this and all of a sudden it's it's more impactful to me and so i come out of grocery stores having aged about 20 years <laughs> uh with with gray hairs going never again now we'll just you know what? We'll just eat whatever's outside. Leaves? I could probably adapt to eating leaves. It's fine. Yeah, well, this is where you find yourself, you know, scheduling shopping trips at 3 a.m. <laughs> but there's a strange thing in where the, the person who likes to do that thing, that likes to block out something, will also have the same thought. And so <laughs> that'll be the only other person in the store is blocking your way or deciding to reach over your shoulder to grab whole milk. Uh, well, at that point, you, you need to be thinking of the, you know, just cattle clearing ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, okay so all right a... the next live show then we're gonna say 2022 <laughs> not, not before <laughs> not before and it may well be live poolside in in cyprus we'll see <laughs> absolutely yes. i see no reason why not i can i'm just thinking now if i've got the extension cables to get the mics out there it won't be a problem <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, as we've said, I think it's an interesting thing that will continue to change 
how we look at and travel. And certainly we've discussed it before. Masks on planes. I mean, I can't see a reason not to wear one, at least for the next couple of years. It wouldn't. I've worn them so much. It's been so normalized now that I wear them in a public space. And yeah, already was... we've, you know, we've talked about being on a plane and not being particularly present. It'd be like, just, it's a, it's a prophylactic approach. Why not? It's not going to hurt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Margaret said to me, you know, would, would you wear a mask on a plane? I'm thinking, well, in, in fairness, because I traveled so much for a long time, I developed that skill that lots of people envy, that I'm asleep before it takes off. <laughs> um and yeah. pretty much wake up when when the wheels go down so wearing a mask i wouldn't notice <laughs> um so yeah as you, sure as you say, why wouldn't you you know it's not gonna make any difference yeah. why would you but but i wonder how many things like that will hold over like if we have this conversation in 10 years time i wonder would there be a lot of things that are going oh yeah i suppose that did come from from covid or that did because you know, there's so many things now that we kind of take for granted, like you're taking off your shoes at the airport or, mm-hmm. you know, all those kind of things that kind of have come in as a result or a response to something and then linger. And you're thinking, OK, that's interesting that that's still here or that it's normalized to the point where people don't really mind. Like I don't going through security in the airport whenever the last time I did that was 2000 years ago. It it doesn't bother me. It's it's normally quite a quick and easy process. But there are elements of that that you think when my parents were flying, that wasn't a thing they dealt with. You could basically sure. just walk in off the street and onto the plane. Mm-hmm. And didn't have to put your cigarette. The, yeah, exactly. So things have changed and continue to change. Like I remember smoking in pubs. That's in in the UK anyway, that's not a thing <laughs> at all. You can smoke outside. But you know, I remember that being a thing. And I I'm sure smoking stuff on planes. Like that. <laughs> I don't remember that. I think I was a little young for that, but Yeah. No, the, um, the the back of the aircraft you could smoke. The last sort of, you know, but, twenty rows. But it's so normal. Like the idea of smoking on a plane is laughable now. You, you I mean it's so laughable that you think it was some sort of danger that you couldn't possibly do it. Like, oh no, no, you couldn't do that. The, all the, the, the plane would burn. The oxygen would go up. Like, <laughs> you'd just assume there was some reason why you couldn't do it because it's so laughable that you would do it. And yet, 20 years ago, it might have been totally fine. As you say, a normal, you know, and I wonder how much of that is going to happen because of, of COVID with things like, is it going to be, you know, in a, in a sci-fi movie that th- this would be the turning point where like, and that's what solidified video calls in the, in the workplace that led mm-hmm. to the sort of, all these, because one of the interesting stories I read about was um, the Republic of Ireland is talking about sort of revitalizing uh, towns and cities outside of you know Dublin by saying, okay, the pub and the library and all these various places and these lovely little towns are going to be remote working hubs and we're going to give them fiber optic internet and you can come and live in this beautiful place and buy a house that's much more reasonably priced because it's not in the middle of Dublin. And you can commute to work if you want, but you can also just video chat work all over the world with any company you want on your super fast broadband from the comfort of either your home or this hub or something like that. And that kind of idea of a decentralized uh, workforce, you know, it was, it's not new. It, it was about before COVID, but now it's become the norm for about 18 months. I think there's a lot of places that are going to go, well, that actually kind of works really well. I mean, we've kind of proven that it works really well. Let's just keep doing that. 
for and sure. in 10 years time is that going to be the norm for a lot of places and you go oh yeah i guess it was you know because of covid it became prevalent and because it was prevalent it became popular and because of the popular it became normal yeah uh, i think there's um we've touched on it a few times i'm sure we will do episodes on this but um physical contact how is that gonna evolve mm, yeah um, like handshakes yeah already. i mean I, i've I, seen I, posters about not handshaking because it, it's unnecessary can't see them coming back um i mean i play golf and you know at the end of a round of golf uh traditionally there, there'd be handshakes and little air kisses um you know mm. to, for, for the ladies um but now it's uh for a while it was sort of an elbow bump um then fist bump now it's that really wonderful sort of mix. So some people throw an elbow at you just as you're throwing a fist at them. You know. uh, it's like a sort of Scottish you punch elbows. <laughs> um, but, but um, you know, I, I think that will stay. I think the fist bump will. Yeah. Will. Well, that's, that actually happened to me before, before COVID. And I remember right. it was really, really, it was like, oh, it must have been two or three years ago. And I met someone for the first time at work and just sort of introduced myself. And I went for the handshake, which is a very normal thing to do, uh, sort of in 2018. That would have been totally normal. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, no, sorry. I'm actually, I'm getting over a cold, so I won't shake your hand. And it was that moment of like, it wasn't shock. And it, I didn't sort of, I don't think I showed it, but it was like, oh, oh no, that, that, thank you. Actually, that's, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm, that's very thoughtful. That's very compassionate as a, I don't want to give you anything if I have it. That's brilliant. <laughs> but it was, it was that moment of like, oh, actually, that's. I really appreciate that. And then the horror of how many people have not told me and shook my hand anyway after sneezing into it. For sure. <laughs> that moment of, for every person that, that stands up and says, oh no, actually I'll, I'll not shake hands because I've, I've had a cold recently. There are nine people who have probably, you know, blown their nose, wiped their face yeah, yeah. and then you know, wiped on their jeans and, and put your hand, their hand out for a handshake and you think, ah, actually, yeah, it's kind of gross. And, for, <laughs> for years, for decades. I've celebrated the fact that I don't do sick. So um, I never took a day off work. That's a cold, for God's sake. Get on with it. Go to work. And that was celebrated in the workplace. You would, you would, ah, he's a great employee. Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) His leg can be hanging off. He'll still come in. Now, that sort of stuff in 2022 will probably get you fired. Listen, yeah. Mr. Smith, yeah, well, you, know, you, you can't keep coming in here <laughs> spreading your germs around. If you're not well, stay at home. Zoom. Yeah, work from home. Yeah, <laughs> we, it works. We've shown it works. So, yeah, it is going to change lots of things. Mm. But I'm, I'm not going to, we can't go down that rabbit hole right now. So I, I have been Stuart Lennon. <laughs> and I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was 1857.